Today on Exposed, the Kalo podcast, New York City mayor, yes, he's suing the bus companies uh, for bringing illegals to his state. Mm, interesting. Uh, the Senate uh, looked to pass a $95 billion Ukraine-Israel aid bill, but where's the money going? And <laughs> the He Gets Us campaign. For those of you who are Christian, maybe you caught it. Maybe those of you who are not, you watched the Super Bowl and you saw these crazy ads, wonder what it's all about. We're going to get to that. And can the United States be fixed? What I'm talking about is crime, filth, homelessness, immigration. Is it possible? Oh, yeah. Senator Vance, um, he said the Ukraine aid bill has a provision that can be used to impeach Trump should he become president in November. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. And uh, what's really happening in Gaza? There's a lot happening. What What's really going on over there? And, and are we about to witness another virgin birth? <laughs> That's right. And um, then the coup de grace. Here it is. Keeping a dead body in your home for six years. <laughs> Talk about desperation. There are desperate people in the world. All this and more today on Exposed. So the Senate passes a $95 billion Ukraine-Israel aid bill, but it's not really mentioning Israel in the title. It's talking about aid. But here's the way the money's divided up, and this is unbelievable to me, and I'm sure it's going to be to you. $60 billion of it is going to go to Ukraine. Uh, $14 billion of it is to rearm itself. Okay, so we, we understand they use most of their armaments. $15 billion for support services. In other words, military aid and training and military um, uh, hands-on combat training, things along that line. The bill is also going to include non-military assistance. Non-military assistance. So I wonder what that is because it doesn't explain, doesn't go into detail about it. About $8 billion is also in there to help Ukraine... Um, government to keep running. Wow, I wonder if anybody's going to give America any money to keep us running. This, this is crazy. And then another $1.6 billion to Ukraine's private businesses. I, I, I think this is all for, you know, Zelensky's friends in Ukraine that own businesses. I mean, it's a way for him to pay them back, I guess. About $14 billion of it goes to Israel. That's great. $5 billion is going to go to boost Israel's air defense and about $2.5 billion to support U.S. military operations in the field. So adding it all up, got about $14 billion to Ukraine to arm itself. So what that means is they're going to be purchasing weapons and munitions from the United States and another $15 billion for support service, you know, military, training, intelligence, as I said, hand-to-hand combat, things like this. So that's $29 billion right there. Then we have $4 billion to Israel to purchase weapons. So all of this purchasing of weapons, they're going to be purchasing it from America. So we're taking our money, sending it overseas to these guys so that they can in turn um, contract with our weapons, munitions, so-and-so manufacturing companies to buy the weapons from America. And of course, they go through the uh, elite, if you will, uh, manufacturing representatives, people like um, Nevernicki, 
That's right. She's one of those uh, working for the manufacturing uh, armament manufacturing companies. So she gets a little piece of the action working for the company because that's how everybody gets rich. So we're taking our money, sending it overseas so that they in turn can take that money and buy munitions through many of our retired military, retired, you know, politicians like Nevernicki and enriching them along the way. Amazing. And then we take all this money to help Ukraine's government to continue operations. Why are we giving them money to fund their own government? I mean, are, don't they still have ways of collecting money? Uh, don't they still have certain, you know, means of taxation and things like that? I don't get it. I'm not sure. But all of this together, when you look at it, um, we're giving money away to these other countries. But buried in the bill, guess what they did? Another $9.2 billion to humanitarian assistance to Gaza. That sounds really, I mean, magnanimous. But we are an amazing country. We just are. I mean, we have to help these poor Gaza. Gaza. Who gets the money? If we're sending money to Gaza, Gaza leadership gets the money. Um, who's Gaza leadership? Hamas. <laughs> so $9.2 billion to Hamas to help them fund the war with Israel. It doesn't make sense. Why are we doing this? It ensures a longer, drawn-out war. Oh, sure, Biden gets up and, you know, we want you to stop this. And we want It's all theater. It's all theater. It's about money. It always has been, and it always will be. So we're sending money over so that they can buy armaments and materials from us, and then we're sending money to the enemy so that they can get rearmed from Iran, and then the war continues on. Unbelievable. And on top of that, we're sending $8 billion to Taiwan to stave off China and China's aggressions. Another $3.3 billion for us here in the United States to build more submarines. Wow. Well, that's good. We're actually employing some people in the United States. Wonderful. But if you add that all up, it leaves about $30 billion. And that's going to Ukraine, but it's unspecified. That's right, unspecified. So money goes into Ukraine coffers, which is accessed by its neo-Nazi uh, president, Zelensky, um, to do with as he pleases at his own discretion. $30 billion. And I don't think this bill is going to go anywhere. But just coming through the Senate the way it did should be a sign to us. And, and the sign is um, our government is really not working on our best behalf. They're really working on behalf of um, the monetary system and to enrich those who are already in the system. But as far as I'm concerned, the bill is dead on arrival. It isn't going to go anywhere in the House. And um, I, I think... Republicans need to grow a backbone. I think it's time to stand up, stay the course, and fight this kind of corruption, because that's really what it is. It's corruption. Speaking of growing a backbone, when will Christians grow up and start speaking the truth? I, I don't know if you watched the uh, Super Bowl. I, I didn't. I happened to catch some of the highlights of the Super Bowl later on, and also some of the ads that people were talking about. And a couple of the ads that they were talking about is from this campaign called He Gets Us, the He Gets Us campaign. So we're going to watch these two videos. Um, 
and uh, we're going to watch them back to back. Don't ask me what you know is true. Don't have to tell you. Jesus didn't teach hate. Well, of course Jesus didn't teach hate. We know that. But the ad assumes that somehow churches today are teaching hate. Now, this campaign, um, He Gets Us campaign, really is part of, it's like multiple layered of organizations. Uh, This organization that sponsored these ads is called Come Near. And um, for decades, uh, there have been organizations around, private organizations. Uh, some of them have formed, um, you know, 501c3, so on and so forth, to raise money so that they could do campaigns like this. And many of these started back in the 70s. The first one is in 1974 called the Luzan Covenant. And back in 1974, uh, it was a different climate. But since then, it seems like Christians have lost their way. And for the last three or four decades, especially, we're seeing the mega church movements. And in these mega church movements, uh, the gospel is kind of watered down. In order to attract more people, uh, they say things like, well, Jesus didn't you know, teach hate. Well, of course we know Jesus didn't teach hate. But these commercials make it look as if somehow, you know, churches are supporting some kind of hatred because... Um, Maybe there's certain elements of society uh, who are walking outside of biblical principles, and somehow we hate them. I, I don't hate them, and I know many of my Christian fellows. They we don't hate these people. Absolutely not at all. Um, Jesus hung with sinners. He did. He he hung out with them. He ate with them. He drank with them. Absolutely. And we as Christians, we should be doing the same thing. We should be willing to uh, spend some time with people who don't know Christ, who don't have an understanding of who he is. Uh, But it's time that the full gospel is taught. And this is where we run into some issues. Um, If someone has a problem in their life, Okay, let's say you're uh, let's say you're like David, King David. He was an adulterer, lying, cheating, conniving murderer. That's who he was. That that was the essence of who he was in person. He did a whole bunch of things. And by the way, David was probably around sixty years old, sixty six zero, when he looked over the top of his building down onto Bathsheba who was uh, kind of acting in a way she shouldn't have been on her rooftop 
and he lusted after her. Now, think about that, 60 years old. So he wasn't like 30, young guy, you know, still with a lot of hormones raging. Uh, This is a guy who should have known better. So my point is this. Uh, As Christians, we all sin. We all fall short of God's perfect principle of righteousness. And if someone is struggling in an area of life, doesn't matter what it is, drugs, alcohol, pornography, whatever your problem is, doesn't matter. Our, our, Our goal is to come to God because he's the one that heals us. And church is supposed to be representative of Jesus. And although Jesus never hated anybody, he also never tolerated sin. In other words, if you came into his presence and you read all through the Gospels, you find that people changed like Zacchaeus. He was a you know tax collector, which is like kind of the bottom rung of society back then. And everyone knew that they would steal off the top. They would, you know take some money for themselves, that was part of what the job, that's part of what was expected with the job. And being in the presence of Jesus alone, Zacchaeus stood up without being prompted, without being preached to, without being told anything. He stood up and said, hey, um, I'm going to get things right. I'm going to give back to whom I stole. I'm going to do this, do that. And that's really the way the gospel is supposed to be. Jesus was preaching, teaching, and exhibiting righteousness. And the church today does not. We say all are welcome, and they all are. Everyone is welcome, but the message never changes. Jesus' message was repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. He understands us. He gets us, just like the campaign says. But the sad part is his heart is broken. Time's running short. He's coming back soon. And he's coming back for a church that is without compromise, And the best way we can tell the world about Jesus is to live out the principles of Christ every single day. And that means we don't compromise. If if you're uh, a woman and you believe you're a man, if you're a man and you believe you're a bird or whatever else you might believe, maybe you've taken on a Therian uh, kind of lifestyle, um, that's contrary to the word of God. And in order to be right with God, you have to say, okay, I repent of this. I, I turn from this lifestyle, and I'm going to live according to what the Bible says. That's the true gospel of Jesus. No hate involved, none at all. No condemnation, just the truth. And hopefully the truth will set you free. Time short. It's time to turn back to God. And speaking of time being short, can the United States be fixed I mean, I'm beginning to wonder whether or not the United States has maybe gone too far. And I think it has. Uh, And I'm talking about the filth, the homelessness, immigration, the corruption. Uh, There's a whole bunch of crime happening right now throughout the country. No matter where you go, there's crime happening. And it's happening in, in not just small amounts. It's happening in larger and larger numbers. So much so that, you know, business is going out. They're, they're closing up shop. Walmarts are closing. Uh, you know, Walgreens are closing. CVS stores are closing. Many high-end stores are closing. And uh, it's all because of this woke ideology. So what I've begun to do is to look around the world and see what's happening. And, you know, the interesting thing is many countries are turning back, if you will, to conservative uh, principles. And they're doing that, and the populations are excited about it. 
because many of these countries struggled with the same things we're struggling with right now, rampant crime, stealing, and all this other stuff. But the moment leaders began to speak up, we're seeing changes. Countries like Hungary, that's right, Hungary, under its current leadership, Hungary promotes a strong sense of nationalism and traditionalism. So the government implemented more policies that reflect conservative ideals, and the country is doing better. Russia. Oh, boy, I know, I know. This is going to be, somebody's going to say something. I'm not talking about Putin specifically, but I'm talking about the country of Russia. They have a strong sense of patriotism and nationalism. And also, uh, the Orthodox Church is very influential in the Russian culture. And, you know, religion plays a significant part in a country's um, culture and in the way a country thrives or doesn't thrive. Brazil. (laughs) What about Brazil? Bolsonaro, he won a huge victory there, all because the country's desire to turn back to conservative principles. Uh, Nadira Modi, very popular, conservative, turned India back to more conservative values. And India, again, is thriving and Once again, all the criminals are being locked up like they should be. But the biggest one, this is tremendous, El Salvador. Okay, El Salvador. Nayib Bukele uh, easily won a second term. Here's a short video clip of uh, Bukele uh, along with his wife on the day of his victory. Here it is. En toda la historia del mundo, desde que existe la democracia, nunca un proyecto había ganado con la cantidad de votos que hemos ganado este día. Es literalmente el porcentaje más alto de toda la historia. of the vote. And believe me, he did all of that. People were coming out in droves to celebrate. We thought Trump won a great victory in 2016. I'm telling you, I'm looking forward to 2024 because it's, it's men like this and others around the world who are returning countries back to conservative values. And let's face it, if these countries can do it, why can't we? I mean, we're the greatest country on the face of the planet. Why can't we return back to some conservative principles? Well, that's the problem. We can't because we don't have a political will to do so. But it's time that the American people, you and I, we the people, we rise up and take control. That's the one thing that the elite politicians don't like about Trump. See, he's not part of the elite class. And that's why I pound so much on Never Nikki, because she is part of the deep state. She's part of the the elites. And that's why even the Democrats are pushing Never Nikki, and you're still seeing her on the news. She hasn't won one single primary. She hasn't won anything. And she's going to get trounced in South Carolina, but she's still there. Okay, it's time 
we bring conservative values and God, the God of the Bible, back to the forefront of our nation and stop promoting this far-left nonsense. And uh, speaking of nonsense, it, it, it just seems to be flagrant in our society today. Senator Vance said that the Ukraine aid bill has a provision that could be used to impeach Donald Trump. Now, there's a picture of Senator Vance on the screen, just so you know who he is. Many people don't know who he is. But he argued this. He said that the Ukraine, that this new Ukraine bill uh, will give the um, ability of the House of Representatives to impeach President Trump should he become president in 2024 because it, it, it provides in there uh, a supplemental amount of money to be sent to Ukraine after the 2024 election in 2025. So what it does is it, it ties the hands of the president. Now, the president can override that, but if he does, uh, the House can use it should the House turn Democrat. The House can use it to impeach President Trump, as they did previously, over a phone call, okay, a great phone call, but... They impeached him anyhow. So we have to be careful because many of the things that we're looking at are not really what they're all about. So should Trump want to fix the problems that are actually happening in the Ukraine and with Russia? Because he said, here's what Trump said. He said, give me a day. Give me a day or two. I'm going to straighten this whole out. War will be over. And I believe he can do it. I believe he can do it. And after hearing, you know, Tucker's um, interview with Putin, I think you and I both have that same perspective. I don't. I don't even think Putin wants war. He could have done greater things, but he hasn't done it purposely. So I think this is really all about the money more than it is anything else. And uh, funding to Ukraine is a huge windfall to our politicians here in the United States. Many of them own. Uh, stock in these weapons manufacturing companies. You can go to different websites that show you how our senators and congressmen are investing their money. That's public, you know, it's public information. It's available. Uh, even though these guys are not supposed to be trading insider knowledge, they all do it. But yet nobody's been held accountable because of it. So anytime you mention Ukraine, you get tromped. You, you get stepped on. Remember what Vivek did during the um, debates? He, he brought up Ukraine, and both uh, the fat man and Nikki went nuts. Never Nikki was like, oh, you don't understand. You don't understand politics. I mean, anything to protect the elite's wave of bringing money into their coffers. That's really what it's all about. And the Biden crime family, they played a big part in all this. But they're all on the take. Listen, you and I know that. E even if you... Even if you want to believe that it's not as bad as it is, it's still our leaders are on the take. And the only one that loses is you and I, because you and I are the ones paying out taxes. It comes out of our paycheck automatically if you get paid. If you own a business, you're paying in quarterly. And at the end of the year, you're hit with a tax bill that's way beyond anything you could have even imagined. And yet they're using our money without accountability. It's time we stand up and take them all on. Because... If we allow them to keep remaining on 
the dole of the government, because that's what it is. The government gets these big funding programs, sends money overseas, money comes back, goes into some of their coffers, into their pockets. If we don't stop that, if we don't stop them from being on the take, it's going to destroy us. Speaking of being on the take, what's really happening in Gaza? I mean, we don't hear too much about it in the news, even now. It seems like it's gotten a little quiet, but yet it's not quiet in Israel. There's a whole lot of things going on right now. But recently, there was a report. Here's a picture I'm going to show on your screen. There was a report of some 12,000 miners, okay, killed in Israel tax. It's more than 12,300 Palestinian miners have been killed. Um, my first question is, what's a miner? Okay, see, because I, the definition of miner to most of us would be, you know, 12 and under. Well, you know, in Eastern cultures, actually, they consider you to be a minor under 30. You, you see, they are lying to us, but they're not lying to us. And, and that's how these news medias like ABC can get away with it. Okay, Many of these that were killed, Palestinian, were terrorists. Let me make it clear. Terrorists. Sure, they were minors in the Eastern culture. They were 30, 29, 20s, 21, 17, 16. And it's terrible. It's absolutely atrocious that anyone should get killed. I'm not for murder. I'm not for killing. I'm not for war. I'm against it all. But yet, this is a reality of war. People will die. And many of these minors were brought up in a system that trained them from young. I'm talking two, three, four years old. We've done a show on that before. Two, three, four years, they're being trained, they're being brainwashed to be against Israel, to kill Israelis. And that that's a good thing. And they're even going to be blessed for it by Allah. This is what happens. So minors, you can't really believe that. You'll see there's a couple of other headlines. There's another one coming up on your screen here. Um, over 12,000 armed radicals killed in Gaza since October 7th. So now this article by TASS, which is the Russian news agency, they're looking at it from a more real perspective. They call them armed radicals. So which one is it? Are they minors or are they armed radicals? Let's look at the next one. Okay, um, here it is. Gaza death toll surpasses 12,000 amid relentless Israel attacks. Okay, uh, it doesn't say anything about minors in there, but underneath it says fatalities include over 5,000 children. Again, we got to get the definition of children. 3,300 women, media office says. Do you know that a lot of women are radicalized too? In fact, they're all radicalized. Starting at, like I said, two, three years old, they're radicalized. So who told us more truth here? ABC, this media outlet, AA, or the Russian news media outlet? Hmm. Interestingly enough, Russian news media was a little more honest than ours. Let that sink in for just a minute. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's, it's things like this that America is isolated from, the truth. We have news media outlets all over our nation, but none of them tell us the whole truth. They give us little bits and pieces to try to get us all excited. And, and oh, that's Russia, so terrible. Putin, so terrible. This one's so terrible. Gaza, they're killing little children. <laughs> uh, see, once we get out of the D.C., Washington, D.C. mindset and actually open up our eyes to the truth of what's happening in the world, 
we get to see the real truth. The real truth is there are people being killed, and it is horrible. But yet that's part of the war that's happening over there because the United States has stuck its nose into Israel's business starting way, 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 way back generations, uh, a generation ago, okay, decades ago, when we wanted to implement what was called a two-state solution. (laughs) Palestine doesn't want a two-state solution. The leaders got, they don't want a two-state, they want to eliminate Israel. That's why they walked away from it. Clinton offered everything that the leadership wanted back then, the Palestinian leadership. He said, everything you want, we'll give you. What did they do? Arafat walked away from the table because he couldn't accept that because number one, they believe Israel doesn't have the right to exist. So the whole Tuesday solution is a way of, listen carefully, this is a way of keeping the war ongoing. That's right. We keep needing more money to send to Israel. Israel keeps buying more weaponry from the United States, manufacturers. It's all about the money. Money and power. Money and power. So on a lighter note, we're about to witness another virgin birth. That's right, folks. This is, here it is. I'm going to show you a picture. This is, I'm not, not making this up. Charlotte, a stingray with no male companion, is pregnant in her mountain aquarium. Now, Charlotte is a rust-colored stingray about the size of a serving platter, and she spent most of her life in a storefront aquarium in North Carolina, oh, the Appalachians. Oh, that's right. (laughs) A lot of strange things happen in the Appalachians, but we're not going to go there. But anyhow, she has never never shared her uh, tank, okay, her bedroom, if you will, Uh, with a male of her species in the past eight years. No male. But yet she's pregnant. Um, Now, science has been trying to figure this all out. And they're kind of grasping at straws, saying that it could be the process of parthogenesis. Parthogenesis. Well, it's a type of asexual reproduction. In other words, uh, this kind of fits into culture today. You know what I mean? We don't need to be male or female. We can be both or we can be none or we could be whatever we want to be. So uh, it's a type of asexual reproduction where the offspring developed from an unfertilized egg, meaning that there's no genetic contribution by a male. <laughs> Listen, regardless of how this happened, me, I think this is nothing but a media hoax. This is, this is just a hoax. Uh, there's there's no way that, that this thing got pregnant on its own and developed asexual. This is just another way for the far left crazies to say, see, see, it's happened. It's happened in stingrays. I knew I felt like I was a male inside. I could be pregnant. I could be. I could be. See, asexual reproduction can happen anywhere. And believe it or not, that's what's going to come from all this. Um, it, 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 it's, it's a way for the crazies to get some recognition for their plight of independence. And uh, I don't know, I see that and I just begin to wonder, where are we going with all this? How, how far can we take it? And I begin to wonder how far we could take things because this next story, people have taken things to the extreme in order to get their own way. A Kansas couple is going to be 
Here it is up on your screen. Kansas couple is charged with collecting man's retirement while keeping his mummified body in their home for six years. I, I am sorry. I, I don't. I, I, I'm laughing because uh, it's funny. It, it just is that that there are people this crazy that lazy because obviously they don't want to work. They figured, hey. He's getting Social Security. We, you know, hey, we just keep his body here for six years or so. Um, but the, the first, now they got two hundred and fifteen thousand dollars over this six-year period. Okay, on behalf of this dead relative. Oh yeah, yeah. See, the title doesn't tell you this, but it was a relative. We're going to get to that. Here it is. Where was the family during this six years where there was no contact? Because you read the story, you find out an outsider from outside the family was wondering why they could never have telephone communications with the mummified dead man, okay? And the caretakers of the family kept giving excuses. Well, you know, he's got this, he's got that. The doctor's appointment, he's not feeling good. He's in the bathroom, he's taking a shower, he's in bed, he's sleeping. Whatever, for six years, okay? Uh, Well, come to find out, it's the family that was actually doing it. That's right. How did they think they can get away with it? (laughs) <laughs> the man who died, his name was Mike Carroll, and his daughter and daughter and son-in-law were the ones keeping his mummified body and stealing his money. What kind of kids do this to their own parents? Obviously, the kind of family that realizes, well, he's dead. Who cares? I just, you know, he wouldn't mind me taking his money. No respect, no honor, no dignity. And, and, and yeah, I laugh about this, but it's very, very sad. It's sad because this happened in America. Kansas, the center of the country. Kansas. Come on, man. How could this be happening in America? But it is. It's happening because we lost family values. We lost tradition. We lost respect. We lost honor. And it's all about the money. Family is not as important as it once was. Speaking of family, RFK. That's right, RFK. You know, he's running for president. His family is turning on him also. And it makes me ask the question, why? Why would a family as close as Kennedy's are? They've they've been close for decades. Um, Could it be that it's really politics behind all of this? Could it be that their political ideology is really what's causing the family to kind of blast RFK Jr.? Because if you listen to him, he's got some sound principles. In fact, if if I were not as conservative as I am, I would consider maybe he'd be a great guy to vote for. Uh, but he's he's still a lefty. He, he just is. He's, he's still a lefty. Uh, but yet, there are many Democrats who are looking at RFK Jr. and saying, wow, he could be a possibility. This frightens, frightens the heck out of his family. See, his family's history goes back a ways. You may not know this, but his father, Robert Kennedy, who was assassinated, and his uncle, John F. Kennedy, who were assassinated, their father along with Ted Kennedy, who is now passed on, their father was a guy by the name of Joseph Kennedy. And Joseph Kennedy, um, 
Well, he was a, as the, as the newspaper puts it, or if you search him on Google, he was a uh, philanthropist, businessman. They paint him out to be just a great guy. But let me ask you something. Try Googling his name, because I did. I want you to look at the screen here next. Uh, let, uh, let's Google his name, and I did. And I said, Joseph Kennedy bootlegger. That's what I typed into the Google search bar. And this is what came up. Although his father was in the whiskey importation business, scholars dismissed the claims. The most recent and most thorough biographer, David Nassau, asserts that no credible evidence has been found to link Kennedy to bootlegging activities. Everybody knows. I was old enough to remember the facts and the truth of the time. Joseph Kennedy made money off of prohibition. That's where he made his money. And then he got into banking and oil and all kinds of other things. And, and hey, listen, truth is truth. You know, history is history. You can't try to rewrite history, although we're trying to do it every day now in America. But the truth is, that's how the guy made his money. And now the family is all, you know, uprighteous and, you know, you know, beautiful. But their main thing is the ideology of Kennedy's has always been more government, bigger government, better government. And that's really what they stand for. And they were getting angry at RFK Jr. because he used a commercial that was part of what his uncle used in his campaign for presidency in 1960. Do you want a man for president who's seasoned through and through? A man who's old enough to know and young enough to do? Well, it's up to you, it's up to you, it's strictly up to you. American Values 2024 is responsible for the content of this advertisement. I thought that was pretty nostalgic. I thought that was great. They took an old John F. Kennedy commercial and they changed it and put his face in there and his actions in there through all of it. I thought it was beautiful. Oh, no, not the family. The Kennedy family come at him. Well, you use the picture of our mother and grandmother. You use the picture of this and that. It, 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 you didn't catch that anywhere. You didn't see Ethel Kennedy. You didn't see these people in there. All you saw was a pretty nostalgic, nice ad. Yeah, listen. The family is out to hang him to dry because he's not all about big government. He's against big government. And that doesn't fit the narrative of today's Democrat. It, listen, it fit the narrative of John F.K., his uncle. Okay, John Fitzgerald Kennedy was not a big government person. People don't realize that. Many of you have never been taught that in school. You need to research it. So it's amazing how the elite care more about themselves and the way they look to the government and the way they look to the rest of the elite class than they do about their own family. They would just as soon cut their own family off at the knees. And that's what they're doing to RFK Jr. It's amazing. Truth will set you free. Finally, today, New York City mayor is suing. Oh, this is a classic. He gets a news conference and says, I am suing the bus companies that are transporting the migrants here to New York City. <laughs> that's right. He's suing them because the governor of Texas now is putting them on buses and sending them north. Okay, you called yourself a sanctuary city, Mr. Mayor. 
You yourself and many other mayors around the nation have said, you know, so-and-so is a, you know, New York City. We're, we're a sanctuary city. Come, come, come to, that's what you said. Now you're trying to sue really because you're in the government's pocket. You want more money. You're suing them for millions of dollars because you want money. New York City has and will continue to do our part to manage this humanitarian crisis. But we cannot bear the course of reckless political ploys from the state of Texas alone. Today, our administration filed a lawsuit against 17 companies that have taken part in Texas Governor Greg Abbott's scheme to transport tens of thousands of migrants to New York City in an attempt to overwhelm our social services system. These companies have violated state law by not paying the cost of caring for these migrants. And that's why we are suing to recoup approximately $700 million already spent to care for migrants bust here in the last two years by the state of Texas. Governor Abbott's continuing use of migrants as political pawns is not only chaotic and inhumane, but makes clear he puts politics over people. Today's lawsuit should serve as a warning to all those who break the law in this way. Oh, you're such a righteous man. All those who break the law. They're using politics for their favor. You're the biggest liar of them all. You're such a scam artist. You're the one that wanted them. It's all about the money, folks. $700 billion suing the bus companies. They're hired by different states in order to bring migrants to wherever state is a sanctuary state, sanctuary city. This is what they do. Just like putting them on an airplane. They're putting them on a plane and sending them up here. Pretty soon they're going to be suing the airlines because it's all about the money. No one in there does he take responsibility and say, well, you know, uh, we're going to stop being a sanctuary city. Uh, we're going to end the problem. We are no longer a sanctuary city. End the problem. Now you just got to deal with the ones you have there. No, they want reimbursal, the $700 million, because guess what? <laughs> the city is going under, folks. It's going under. New York is going under. And the only way they can get saved is to get bailed out. If Trump gets elected, they're not going to get bailed out. Hello? It frightens the left. They're scared. They're running scared. And anything can happen. New York City mayor suing. This, is, this has got to be classic. But yet, our legal system is so unjust right now. This will gain traction. This is going to gain traction. Sad. Sad. We need a change. It's all about America, my friends. And America, unfortunately, today is all about the money. So we need to change politicians. It's time to get rid of them. Let's get some we the people in there. Hey, if we're going to spread the money around, let's spread it around to all of us. And let's eliminate the elite from being the elite class. Let's bring them down to our level. Because I can't take it anymore. I don't know about you. But that's enough for me. We got to vote for Trump. At this, our, that's our only possibility at this point. I don't see another way out of it. Stuff like this. Makes me want to go to New York myself and just like, please wake up. Even the people in New York City, they're not, they're, they're just like, la, 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 la. You know, how much is a bagel? $39. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's crazy. But all things, all things eventually come to light. And the truth is 
coming to light. Listen, thanks for watching Exposed today. If you haven't subscribed, please do so. We look forward to it. My name is Mike Kahlo for Exposed, the Kalo podcast. God bless you, my friends, and God bless the wonderful country of the United States of America. Thank you.